Skiff! Yes, oh. Yes, Captain? I have made it with a woman. Inform the men. Good news, everyone! I'm back, baby. Welcome to Tales of Futurama. This week we are here to review Love's Labors Lost in Space. I am Dando. Excuse me, I do the intros on this one. Oh, that's not what the fuck do you think you're doing? <laughs> My God, you just can't, you can't release the power, can you, Dando? I go for it. I'll let you say it now. What's it called again? <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Mitch. Yes, Love's Labors Lost in Space. It's a tongue twister. Love's Labors. Yes. Loves labors lost I, in space. I, I got it in the second word and I yeah. screwed that up. It's like Big Roddy's Rippin' Rib Shack or Rippin' Roddy's Rib Shack. I don't know what it's called. It doesn't matter. But the point <laughs> is they do good ribs and this does good funnies in the episode. It's probably the most Star Trekky episode to date of Futurama. The only Star Trekky episode to date, really. Besides the start of the first one. Where yeah, well, the implication is that they're going to go off to other planets and explore and that sort of thing from it's, the from episode one. It's the biggest uh, science fiction-y episode, which has a Star Trek parody in, aspect to it. Yeah, like working in science fiction tropes. But it's very much like this is the plot of Star Trek for the most part. Go yeah. off, find a planet, try to save inhabitants, don't get involved, but don't let them die. Now, I always see this as the what's, one... What's their prime directive? To capture two animals. No, the Star Trek Prime oh, Directive. I don't know. I, don't, I never see. I never watched Star Trek. Right? Did you watch it? No. Um, I watched the first episode of the original series, and I apologise to Star Trek fans out there. I was so fucking bored. I tried to watch the first movie from the original. I heard it's terrible. Yeah, it is tough. See, I just watched um, the f- latest episode of the Toys That Made Us on Netflix, and it talks about Star Trek toys. And apparently, the the movie. The first one, like the, I think it was The Wrath of Khan, was the first successful movie, yeah. but they had no toys for it. Yeah, right. So they, they couldn't get a good set of toys to come in, out in conjunction with a good movie. So whenever it was a shit movie, they had toys for it. <laughs> if it was a good movie, no toys. The Prime Directive is, uh, it prevents the, it's, sorry, it's the guiding principle of the United Federation of Planets prohibiting the protagonists from interfering with the internal development of alien civilizations. Okay. Which is kind of... Like they break that prime directive here, but that happens a lot in Star Trek, I think. Anyway, you can see you can see why it wasn't popular with kids. Star Trek, yes, it's not. It's see, you compare Star Wars to Star Trek. Star Wars is just so much more kid friendly. Yeah, that's true. But Star um, Trek did break a lot of ground. It certainly did. It like, came out a decade before Star Wars came out. Even as a guy who ne- who wasn't a fan, largely there. I mean, there are. In what I've seen, there are moments. It's not like a. I'm not anti it. I've just never actually really watched it. Yeah, yeah. But I did find I'm the, the same. Yeah. The first one was painfully slow, and had because the the first half hour of the first Star Trek film is about 15 minutes of glory shots of the Star Trek Enterprise that, mm. when watched today, is not impressive. Look shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. you've seen it all before, and you're like, come the fuck on. When does the movie start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the episode for me that introduced Zach Brannigan, but I forgot this was also the episode that introduced Nibbler. Yeah, that was something that took me by surprise. So, I don't know if I've ever actually seen this episode. I'm throwing it out there. that okay. um, I think we are officially at a point where I'm going to start hitting quite a few episodes that I Three episodes in. Four Three episodes, episodes in. in. And it's not like I haven't seen anything beyond this point, but I've never sat down and watched chronologically Futurama before. Well, it, it's funny because I have I know I've seen every Futurama episode, but I couldn't tell you what's in season one. Fair enough. It's all just Futurama to me. Part of that is because the TV release and the DVD release was jumbled, by the way. So yeah. the orders were thrown out of whack. But the show isn't so much different from season one to season, f- like, there was seven all up, I think. But we'll say the first four. That's the first original. Mm. Although I think it was five in America, but we had four here. You, you look at season four episodes, they don't look hardly any different to season one. 
So it's hard to break them up in your head. Yeah. Where when watching The Simpsons, you can sort of look at them and go, that's about a season five. Yeah, you that's can't true. really do that with Futurama. No, I do really love. Uh, speaking of that look, for whatever reason, this episode hit it home for me. I really love their use of the three D style of animation, oh, even com- though it's a two D world. Look, yeah, like the um, there's an establishing shot of Planet Express headquarters where it's just zooming in, and moving it around. Looks a bit. beautiful. Yeah. just the way that's done. There's another one later on. I'm not sure if it's in space or if it's on the planet or something like that. But there's another one of those styles of shots, and it just looks unlike any other cartoon I think that I've ever seen. It's a very, very yeah. polished presentation. I think Futurama was the first show to incorporate that technology, especially in, in, at least in prime time anyway. Yeah. Is that Brannigan? Did it live up to the hype? Oh, yeah, 100%. You, this you is a great it. introduction of a character. Yeah, it just goes... It's just... This is Zap, and he's no different from when we last saw him in the last season. He's, oh, just, he's in, always yeah. been Zap. Yes. If anything, he's more Zap here than ever. Yeah. Yeah, they might have, like, Rounded off his Brannigan-ness. Yeah. Um, but not only is he that, like, it's... it's. I love how... What do you like about Zap? It's just a, a hilarious take on a douchebag alpha male that... Can you relate to him in any way? No. No, absolutely no. not. Like, that's... But that's what's funny about him. Like, he's so... You don't think he's, he's, think he's sort of saying things that some people think, but he just comes out and... Say, he just doesn't fucking care. He just I, says it. Yeah. Donald Trump. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's... There could never have been a more perfect fit than Billy West reading Donald Trump tweets in the voice of Zap Brannigan. It would take an hour and a half to learn everything there is to learn about missiles. I think I know most of it anyway. My wife, Ivana, is a brilliant manager. I will pay her one dollar a year and all the dresses she can buy. I think the only difference between me and the other candidates is I'm more honest and my women are more beautiful. You actually can't tell the difference. No, like that dialogue <laughs> is like it was written by a, comi- a comic genius once it comes like out. Like David Collins, like, I'm going to tweet for Trump. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I will get, I'll pay her a dollar a year and all the dresses she can buy. Did I ever send you the message when I interviewed Billy West of the, the voice thing that he did for you? Oh, yes, you did. Got to find where that is. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so it is a brilliant introduction to Zap Brannigan and I love how fully formed he is I like the relationship with Kit I I like that like that suffering assistant how blind Brannigan is to how much everyone around him hates him yes and wave after wave of people right man you suck yes (laughs) I love that his greatest story is how he defeated all the killbots by just sending enough humans to they turn themselves off exactly (laughs) I figured out their fatal flaw yeah once they've killed enough people they shut down so I sent wave after wave yes Kip doesn't really have much to do in this episode, but just be the disgusted Grumpy. foil. Yeah. Yeah. He gets more of a... They flesh him out later on. He actually ends up marrying Amy and whatnot later mm. on. But he's still a perfect foil for Zap. He is, yeah. And I mean, to be fair, you don't have time to introduce both of them fully. Yep. You want to give as much time to Zap as you can. And you almost... You should feel sorry for him, but you don't because he chooses to be his sidekick. Yeah, true. In saying all that, though, the star of the show besides Zap is Leela. We've had... Mm. Our episode's Developing Fry. Last week, we had Bender. It's now Leela's turn. And I think they do a really good job. They show so many different sides of Leela here. We see like her selfishness, I guess, to an extent. But we also mm-hmm. see her caring side when it comes to looking after Nibbler, which is the side of her that I really appreciate the most. Because if you were in that situation that came to killing this creature, could you do it? I couldn't do it. After that creature had killed everything else on the ship? On the planet? Yeah, they make up for him by having him so cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is that cute. But we also see like her animalistic side when, when it comes to sleeping with, with uh, Zap. 
I feel like the sex came about out of pity and more than anything. Like it was an emotional trap Is, that was. Was like, it out of pity though? Because I know she slept with him after that, but was it? Well, I mean, she kind of felt sorry for him. She also wanted to sleep with him. There's a cut forward in time, so it could have happened for any reason. But yeah, like it's a kind of pent up thing of haven't met anyone yet and feeling uh, perhaps kind of horny and having this vulnerable guy in front of you. But that I wouldn't necessarily take that as like. Marge leaping at Homer from across the room type yeah, deal. Yeah, I couldn't quite remember how this episode panned out. Mm. I wasn't sure whether they were going to have Zap pretend to cry to get her into bed. Yeah, okay. They never went that route. No, and thank Christ. Yes. Um, that would have been would, terrible. Yeah. That's rape, essentially. Yes, pretty much, and would yeah. have dated the episode really, really badly. You wouldn't have been able to go back and watch it, really. You'd just go, ah, oh, that's... No good. Yeah. Man's lied to have sex. Yes. What they do a great job with on Futurama is making Leela sympathetic. She's the strong cap- leader. She's the captain. It would be very easy for us as a viewer to see her as the strict mother because everyone else around her is just idiots. But what they do is they make them all get... She gets, she gets frustrated with them, but she simply gets on with the job. Yeah. And you respect her for that. And I think because she's surrounded by so many idiots, you would put yourself in that situation and you would be just like her you would also be annoyed by them. It's hard for it's oh, hard yeah. for you to feel sorry for Fry when she's telling him to stop being an idiot because he's just such a fucking idiot. Yeah. When they're constantly putting your life in danger as well is another thing. Yeah. This isn't just like... She has like, to save their lives Yeah, the this isn't just, oh man, now I've got to stay 10 minutes behind at work because you don't follow instructions. Mm. This is, now I've got to dig myself out of a death pit because you didn't follow instructions. And Nibbler wasn't just introduced to be a pet either. He's also a nice little introduction to prevent Leela from being lonely anymore. Yeah, true. Ra- yeah. It, it kind of resolves that... She won't succumb to Zap because she's got... She's she's now, companion in yeah, her life. she's now got like a, a surrogate child to look after. Yep. Also, Zoeberg starting to come into his own. Yes, he is. Um, uh, Hermes still nowhere to be seen. Zoeberg, though. He's becoming her- Zoeberg. Hermes. Oh, yeah. Hermes not... He had like one line he's, early, he's I think. Essentially not even there. Yeah. yeah. Um, even Professor's... I was going to say Farnsworth is also starting to get more into Farnsworth territory of being a doddering senile man, like that back and forth about the animals. I didn't say anything about the animals. All the animals would die. Yes. But Zoeberg, I just love the suggesting a place, a rotting whale carcass. Oh, yeah. To meet a woman. Yes. And Um, falling in love with the lobster. Falling in love with the lobster. Yes. Uh, I loved the animation of him not being able to use his pincers to pick up the glass and (laughs) being really sad about it. (laughs) <laughs> Very funny. Poor guy. And it's just one of those little simple things in life that we take for granted, being able to pick up a glass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what's his other, like, um, that soon Leela will drop her eggs and everything will be normal. Yep, yep. This isn't an episode, though, that as a kid you would enjoy, I don't think. I don't think many kids would, because similar to A Fish Called Summer, which we just reviewed for The Simpsons, mm. it's a very adult episode, very adult themes. There's not so much... Physical comedy in this? There's not a huge amount of that, no. The steam room gag? Yeah, besides that, what what could a, what would a child, a, a common child, like, what would they laugh at here? There's not much to laugh at. Mm, so little in common with the common child, Dando, it's difficult for me to know what goes on in their minds. <laughs> I wrote my first thesis on Futurama on the back of this episode at age seven. Um, no, yeah, I, no, I, I, there's not a lot that, like, you, that a casual not going to pay attention word for word, so to speak. I'm just going to have it on in the background and laugh when it shows me to laugh. There's not a lot of that in this episode. A yeah. couple of trivia questions. I've got three trivia questions I've for got you. two. What? Oh, well, I'll go first. What yes. colour is Leela's mug? At what point? In the ship, is it? Or? Be- 
beginning of the episode, they're drinking coffee. Black. Purple. Purple. What does it say underneath the sign for the club that they go to? It says there's a certain sort of uh, oh, rule of the place. Ten drink minimum. Ten drink minimum. Yeah, that was actually one of my questions, so I guess okay. I now have two. Um, what was the name of the pure energy mass? The entity thing? The entity, yeah. Oh, I don't know. M5438. M5438. And my question is, what is the name of Zap's, I guess, army? What is the name of the army? It's one word. The... Hmm. I guess it's just... Zappers. Yeah, dupe. It said D-O-O-P. Okay. Dupe. 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 Dupe for men. So, that is it for trivia for this week? It was a, d- a difficult episode for trivia, actually. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of, like, hidden things. I find with the Futurama reviews, I have to focus more on what's happening because it's been so long since I've actually watched them. The Simpsons mm. ones I can go, oh, yeah, well, I know what happened in the next two minutes so I can write a trivia question down. I'm not going to miss yeah. anything because I know, I know what comes up. Yeah, yeah. Futurama. If I don't watch, I'm like... What just happened? Fuck, got to go back. I'm lost. Yes. I don't understand. What episode is this? What season? So the original air date was the 13th of April, 1999, and the title caption was presented in Brain Control, where available. Now, what does the episode kick off with, Mitch? Kicks off the cold open of Leela on a yeah. date. Go back to the cold opens. Yeah. But I guess they're all aired out of order, so... Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so... It's just discussing about the fact that, you know, it's it's so nice to meet a guy who's open-minded. Most people are put off by her eye, see that he has a reptile tongue. Ew. Yes. That's just a nice closed... It's almost like a Scott Adams sort of joke. Just a skit, fair. essentially. Yeah. It's just that... Um, but it has it still has at least has something to do with the episode. It does have something to do with the episode. And it's also very... F- like, I, I like that it also speaks to a greater level of truth that people are so able to judge... Others put microscopes onto other... Hypocritical. On, onto other people, but never want to turn it on themselves. Yeah. I forgot to mention the favourite moments of the episode. My favourite moment oh. is Zap climbing the ladder and keep going... Ugh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> A little lethal weapon call back yes, there. Yeah, so great. Nice beaver. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked the science callback. This is, you had the line about one pound of dark matter weighs 10,000 pounds. Yep. And when Bender goes to pick up that tiny little pebble that his arm is just yeah. on the floor. Can't pick Dragging it, it along. Yep. That was very cool. was very cool. So, we come back from the intro and Fry's questioning Leela about her date. Yeah, a little bit. It's just general workplace gossip. You know, you know I guess they are just workmates, aren't they? But they, I see, I don't really see them as workmates, even though they are. They're more friends. Yeah. Like, who else have they got outside of work? True. Nobody, really. So, workplace friends. But, yes. the, point, but the point is, <laughs> it's like, you know someone's gone on a date. You're not going to not bring that up. Oh, I don't know. Would you ask someone how a date went? Yeah, of course. Would you ask? A, I see. I, I Not so much like details, I, but you know I, I, someone's I going on a date and you're friends with them. You know, am I going to have to start preparing I, I for a make, wedding? I would or? let them bring it up. I don't know. Because I feel like if they're not bringing it up, then it's probably nothing to bring up. It's it's something they don't want to discuss. Yeah, that's, just, that's just how I feel about it. I grew it up anyway. watching Andrew Denton and I like to <laughs> get the answers out of people. Just, like po- just poke ask them. the tough questions. <laughs> Uh, they, but they bring up that Leela's just too picky, isn't she? She is. She doesn't yeah. like to think she is, but she is. She pretty much is. Yes. I, lo- I like the uh, something was off about him. Possibly the lizard tongue. Yes. <laughs> Amy says you need to give guys a chance. You know, they can be pigs, but sometimes at the end of the day, they've got a great body. Yeah. <laughs> now, that joke said about a woman, would that be big trouble? For uh, yeah, probably. But the but rightly so because mm-hmm. men have had power over women for a very long time and yes. that's the way it works. Yes. People that don't have as much power are allowed to make jokes about people that do. But people that have all the power cannot go the other way around. So don't ta- don't write in about political correctness gone mad. 
Leela, it's just fairness. <laughs> Leela says that she's uh, she's happy with her life, even though she hasn't got a man. But is she really? She's mentioned numerous times that she's lonely. She's the only one of her kind. Mm. So she puts on this facade that she's strong. Yeah. She's the captain. When really deep down, she wants a man. She wants, yeah. And no, not just like, not, not just a man, like, but you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. She, she wants, wants a companion. Companionship. Yes. She wants to feel more complete. She wants to be able to. She would be super, super lonely. She's the only, yeah. as, as far as she's aware, she's the only one of her kind on earth. That she's aware of at this point. Yeah. 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 So the the crippling loneliness that get, would go with that, of course she wants to be able to find someone that she can call hers. Mm-hmm. They take her out for a night in the town or just a, a retro disco, I guess you could call it, retro club. Yeah. It's ironic. Where everyone wears hoops. Yes. But they're not cool, or are rings. They? Rings aren't cool. No. Oh, wow. It's totally retro. Why is everyone wearing those rings? Gah, because nobody wears them anymore. Rings are stupid. I think they look cool. Shh, don't let anyone hear you say that. Hey, did that guy just say rings are cool? Nope, he said they're stupid. Cool. Have you ever taken like a heartbroken mate out because he's just split up with his girlfriend um, or something? Taking him away for a weekend or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I've had moments. I don't think I ever have. Took one to a brothel once. Bullshit, really? Yeah. Ah, he needed it. You you always wanted to go and thought, this is the opening, this is the excuse, I can go now? I didn't go in. Oh, sorry, well, I mean, I went in, but I didn't partake in any of the brothel activities. I've been into one before. They, I just, they wanted you to put on the communal thongs. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Flip-flops here. in Australia. Yes. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> communal thong would be Everyone in the UK thing. is like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, they pass those around, do they? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I dropped a mate off and I went out the back and did the quiz. Um, is that what they call it? No, the paper, the, the Geelong, <laughs> the Geelong advertiser super quiz was out the back in the waiting room, and a couple of the girls who were not on shift um, were, you know, we were trying to figure out who the, I don't know, who preceded Hitler as the ruler of Germany, Germany or crossword like and stuff. Yeah, nice girls. Bender's now another another joke that might not fly so much now, particularly with the kids show. Bender's gaydar. He's almost pointing out yeah. that it's bad for them to be gay. It's bad for oh, Leela in the sense that she wants to be with someone, yeah, but it's like, I don't, think it's like it's, oh, don't waste your time. He's gay. I don't don't take, waste your time. He's gay. Firstly, no, I'm not sure that you could still do this joke now, but I don't think this is an anti-gay joke. It's just that if oh, you are a straight woman, you don't want to be hitting on a gay man. Yeah. That's, you know, that, that, that's not controversial to say that. When I heard Bender say the whole gaydar thing, though, maybe it's because it's been used a lot since, but I just felt I was like, oh, really? That's such a lame joke for Futurama. I've got my gaydar. I'm like, oh. It is a little bit. Uh, it's a little I mean, bit. I think the future is above that kind it's of humor. A little humor. bit too broke girls or something like yeah. that. Yeah, like oh, come on, guys. Yeah, you can do better than that. But I did like Joe DiMaggio's delivery on. He comes from a planet that loves musical theater or something along those lines. Yeah, that was funny. But I take your point that it's baseline. Not that Futurama is above baseline comedy. Bender literally shits a brick in the first episode. But that's, that's funny. But because normally they don't point it, they don't throw it in your face. It's just he shits a brick, yeah, and you have to get it. It's normally subverted, or a bit, a bit more subversive the way they do it. Oh yeah, I know it. he's gay. I've got a gay dar. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Fry is then chatting to a girl from the 21st century. You're from the 20th century? That's incredible. I'm from the 21st century. No way. We've got so much in common. We sure do. Remember when those cyborgs enslaved humanity? Uh, yeah, that rings a bell. But he does, he does end up going home with her. Uh, so yeah, for Fry. taking her home. Good for Fry. Yeah, good on him. Yeah. Another one thing here, 10 wins on the... Uh, this, this is the joke here that I thought, this is where it's sort of being a bit much, where... 
I don't know who Leela was talking to, what he'd been on, some sort of circuit. And he's like, yeah, more like 10 wins on, the, a gay, 10 wins on the gay circuit. And I was like... Oh. Yeah, that was that was going a little bit hard. Oh, okay. He was a hyper-slight racer. Okay. Zoeberg then falls for the lobster in the tank. Didn't go anywhere, though. No, but it didn't need to. You know, but you know, you know how that scene should have ended? The lobster being taken out of the tank to be, to be eaten. And then he got, oh. Yeah, but they're at a disco. No one's eating lobster at a disco. Aren't they? No. You don't serve food there. You ain't got room 99 and so ask for 3,000, anything can happen, man. But I just thought that would be... Because bad things need to happen to Zoeberg. That would have been a funnier way to end Yeah, it. true. But had they they hadn't truly established that trope by this point, though. They haven't really done anything with Zoeberg. I just felt if you saw him fall in love, like it just didn't lead to anything. There was yeah. no scene to follow up on it. Just the way it was filmed. It was, was funny. funny. It was though. funny, yeah. I just thought it could have gone somewhere. Then we get the entity of pure energy. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he cops it on the chin. She's not interested. He's like, one yeah. day you will be. Yeah, One yeah. day. Once you've transcended the yes. physical form, call me. Yes. Lena, <laughs> she's just being very hard work here, isn't she? Uh, a They're, little bit, but no one's really been perfect that's been presented to her. No, nah, that's true. But at the end of the day, just let her be herself. Don't worry about it. She'll yeah. find someone eventually. I loved, um, like, after everyone else leaves and you've got the cleaner there. Yeah. And how the cleaner, like, it sounds like that. Sounds like Sal. A little bit. Even the cleaner's hitting on her. Whoa, sorry. I thought you had two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Off it goes. <laughs> Well, she did the same thing to the guy with tongue. Oh, sorry, I thought she had a normal tongue. She didn't say that. No, but that's what she. That's what she, she, she did. She, she gave yeah. that Ugh, response. Yeah. yeah. Um, Back at the office. I, I was going to say yeah. that that is one way that you can write yourself out of political correctness. By the way, oh, I suppose that even there, there are people that only have one eye. But if you, in a cartoon world, you can draw invented people and then make fun of their invented afflictions, so people can't take offence in the real world to what you're joking about because there aren't any cyborgs you can't it, it's not overly cool to make fat jokes about people because people who are overweight at home are going to feel bad about it or gay jokes or whatever it might be whereas when you've got a cyborg you can go to town making jokes about that the fact that they're a cyborg so back at the office and Leela's just being a wet blanket Grand, uh, not grandpa I keep calling him grandpa, grandpa. Professor Farnsworth yeah. walks in and he has a tax deductible mission for charity yeah <laughs> Heading off to uh, Vergon 6, which had a very Star Wars-esque hologram here. Like the way the planet was thrown oh, up. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Which I thought was a uh, a nice touch. Yep. And they're going to do what? To collect animals. This is... Now, we get a very baseline joke here, but this is different. This was funny. This was... I think it was Bender or Fry. One of them asking, what, what do you get two of every animal for? And she whispers in his ear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was very funny. That's basic, it's simple, but it's funny. And, it, and also because it's hidden. Like, the yes. actual punchline to that joke is hidden. and As obvious as it is, it's not spelled out. It's almost like a throwback to having sex. Ooh. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, is, this is where we get the, the really good back and forth that I love. So, he starts by saying animals are in desperate need of rescue. And then he goes on talking about dark matter. What about the animals? Uh, the what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely con. I didn't say anything about animals. Um, And then the end. Like, whatever else is. This will kill all the animals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like. That is just such great Farnsworth interaction. Yeah, yep, definitely. I think it's the last time we see Farnsworth for the episode. After they leave. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. They don't go back home. They are now on their way. They're all chatting about Leela, but in front of her. Yes. Bender coming up with a rather practical solution to the cyborg mm-hmm. uh, aspect of it. Just find a guy with two eyes and poke one out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she says what she likes in a man. Yeah. And then we cue to the introduction of the man himself. Yeah. And so she wants him to be adventurous, uh, self-confident, and a snappy dresser. 
He's oh, all he, those things. Yeah. These new, new uniforms are snappy. <laughs> <laughs> he is a blatant takeoff of Captain Kirk. Yes. Particularly in this episode anyway. Particularly in this episode. And Talking think, about star dates and that sort of thing. I think yeah. Billy West almost channels the delivery as well in certain aspects of Captain Kirk. A little the bit. The way he says things. Yeah. So sort of pauses when he doesn't need to pause at It's not a full-on Shatner no. impression by any stretch. Have it's you, not even near a Shatner impression. Have you heard Ryan Reynolds or seen Ryan Reynolds do a Shatner impression? No. Not he Ryan did it Reynolds. on Two Guys Go on a Pizza Place once and fuck, it is great. Yeah, cool. Check it out. It'll be on YouTube somewhere. Kevin Pollock does a great one. He does yes, a lot of impressions, always, though, doesn't Kevin he? Kevin Pollock does just great impressions in general. What's his best one, though, do you think? Ooh. He did Pacino, didn't he? In front of Pacino? Someone did Pacino. No, Spacey of... did Pacino in Spacey, front of Pacino. yes. That was good. Kevin Pollock's best one is, uh, I reckon, Alan Arkin. Um, Peter yeah. Falk, he actually taught his eye to one eye to move independently of really? the other. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Okay. But he does a really good Alan, Alan Arkin. The Alan Arkin he did was so good that it fooled Alan Arkin. Um, the story that he tells this on Letterman, so I won't go into it, but he basically called Alan's answering machine. So called Alan, got the answering machine, and went, Hi, Alan, um, message to myself. <laughs> I know there was something. Oh, that's right, pick up dog food for Jesse. And then hung up. <laughs> and then he's like, about a week goes by, and then I get this message on my eye machine. He's like, Hi, Kevin, it's Alan. You know what? That's not funny. <laughs> Because there was about an hour there where I didn't remember leaving that message. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that'd be a great talent. If you could really nail fool an impression. Into thinking yeah, that to fool they, themselves. Yes. So they notice Zap's ship in front of them. Well, Leon notices it anyway. And she starts running through his resume. Who's the Zap Brannigan? Shall I fire on them now, sir? Not yet, Kiff. In the game of chess, you can never let your adversary see your pieces. Oh. What? They say Zap Brannigan single-handedly saved the Octillion system from a horde of rampaging killbots. Wow. A grim day for robot kind. Eh, but we can always build more killbots. He's the most decorated captain in the whole democratic order of planets. Leela's got a boyfriend. No, I don't. But I think we ought to meet with him and see if he'll help us rescue those animals. It almost seems like she's yeah. in love with him. Who's the Zap Brannigan? Yeah, she loves the good- idea of Zap. That's a good excuse to get some um, backstory. Uh, backstory blatantly explained. Yes. So just some, um, real exposition dialogue, but in a way that feels natural. Yep. She says we need to ask him for help in order to rescue all these animals. Yeah. I like Bender's response. Like you know, the two sides to every coin. How he saved his humanity from a horde of raging killbots. And it was a grim day for robot kind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so she thinks Zap's brave and this big, strong man. Yeah. They open the door. Or the, the, Hiding the, behind a chair. They're on board. Oh, ah! we get the escape pod. Yes. <laughs> then it then sees Leela and immediately becomes a ladies' man again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, I'm Leela, captain of the Planet Express delivery ship. We've come aboard to plead for your assistance. Well, if there's anything... That we can... uh, I'm in command here. Zap Brannigan. Has my fame preceded me or was I too quick for it? Oh, not at all. I'm just so... Uh... Really thrilled to meet you. You're an impressive piece of captain. Beautiful and deadly. A potent combination. You don't mean that. But I do. I doubt I've seen more than three or four captains sexier than you, and only one who was deadlier. Now, she almost becomes like a, a giggling schoolgirl here, here as well. Because she hasn't seen the real Zap yet. No, not yet. He's living up to the expectations the of what... Yeah, he's yeah. living up to it. He's a character playing a character. Yeah, pretty much. He's playing this idea of what people think he is. Yeah. Really, he's not, not he's, that at all. He's nowhere near that at all. 
So we're at the dinner, and Lila is trying to explain to him that they, they, we need your help to save the animals. We're hoping to save the animals of Vergon 6 from extinction. And if you could just... Vergon 6! This light dinner is over. Wait, what's wrong? The democratic order of planets prohibits interfering with undeveloped worlds. It's a little rule known as Brannigan's Law. But people already interfered. That planet was mined completely hollow. Yes, by a democratic order of planets mining crew. Uh, this doesn't make any sense. I don't pretend to understand Brannigan's Law. I merely enforce it. Fine, we'll save the animals without your help. I'm afraid I can't allow that. Guards! What just happened? He's throwing us in prison. <gasps> Dang. Can I get this wrapped up? I like fries. Can I have this to go? Can I have this wrapped up? Yes. A little nod. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, and it looks at Kip to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Kip, your job. <laughs> and then you actually see it sitting there in foil yes. in the shape of a swan. Um, very good. That's very cool. Yes. Lila has now seen Zap for his true self and she is not impressed at all, is she? No. Um, they're all locked in the prison. Yeah, they're all in prison. He's in no way a humanitarian no. or good man. <laughs> like, so, yeah. You will not save those animals. No. Uh, but he will do everything he can to sleep with her. Yes. So they go to the observation deck. He calls the kip up to discuss the leader situation because he can't handle the fact that he's met a female counterpart. Yeah. Like, how do I do this? And the only way to solve this is by seducing her. That's just such a Zap Brannigan thing. Yeah. You can't reason with, you can't talk to the woman, you can't reason with her. I have to seduce her. Mm. It's an Austin Powers thing, too, actually, it taking is. down the fembots. Yeah. He invites Lila up to his Lovenasium. Great name. <laughs> <laughs> and Champagon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, Champagon. Come and get it. Mmm, <gasps> welcome to my humble chamber, or as I call it, the Lovenasium. Champagon. I didn't realize you were such a coin sewer. <laughs> well, I have studied abroad. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she throws that back in his face and gives it her own mispronunciation of a word. And he doesn't get it. Yeah. It's one of those beautiful moments in life where you get to make fun of someone without them even knowing <laughs> that you're making fun of them. So like 70% of this podcast? What do you mean? For you. I, I never make fun of you. <laughs> you're doing your best. <laughs> you know, hairy toe, dragon, you the know, little type that you are. You do what you can. At least Ma you tried. You mash your fingers into the laptop and occasionally a podcast comes out of it. It's, it's quite a miracle that this goes out week to week. <laughs> I love that when he yells out erotic, it's like the murdered us all, murdered us all. Oh, yeah. Erotic. Erotic. <laughs> Kip just like, rolls his eyes. Oh, God. <laughs> Fry and Bender then plan an escape. I felt like this could have been a, a whole side story. Fry and Bender's escape. Yeah. It kind of was, but it wasn't as well. Yeah, a little bit. But I kept cutting back to them. Just try bending the uh, plate off that steam pipe. No good. It's yes. full of steam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to him later as a sauna. Yeah. Just chilling. Yeah. You want to move? Nah, I'm pretty comfy. Yes. Leela <laughs> asks if she can go back to prison because she does not want to be in this lovenasium. And Zap starts bawling his eyes out and crying. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, God, I'm pathetic. Sorry. Just go. You want the rest of the champagne? No. And it's pronounced champagne. Oh, God, no. <laughs> It's not a big deal. I get so lonely. I just thought you, a fellow captain, would understand. Ah, forget it. Yeah, it's great ordering people around and stuff, but through it all, you're completely alone. It comes with the job. I'm just so lonely. <laughs> oh, come on. Cheer up. It's not that bad. 
You want to try escaping again? Nah, I'm comfy. Man, Leela's been gone a long time. I hope she's at least making progress with Zap Brannigan. That's such a cliche thing to wake up screaming. Having made a sexy mistake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved the way they drew him. Muscly up top, bit of a gut hanging out just yeah. over the sheets. Now, there was an animation gag that they cut out of this. So, apparently, every time we cut from Leela's face back to him, his gut was going to get bigger because he wasn't sucking it in. Ah, okay. It's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. It would have been difficult to realise that's what they were going for. Though. Yeah, but it got to the point where his stomach would have been too big and they didn't like it, so they just scrapped the whole thing, just yeah. give him a, gotcha. a, ba- a decent pot gut. Yeah. But Leela can't believe that she... Well, she didn't fall for it. She let her guard down because she felt sorry for the guy. It wasn't like he was setting her up or anything. She just... Yeah. Why did she sleep with him? She's not doing that of pity for him. It's just two vulnerable people coming together and having a moment of trying to get away from that vulnerability. Yeah, Okay. Or in have, other you, words, have you ever had pity sex? Oh, yeah. Like, it got me through my teen years. <laughs> I've got a funny story for you. That the I'll old t- Brannigan cry. I invented that move. I've got a funny story about a Geelong football that I'll tell you off the air. Oh, that is a doozy of a story, Dando. Um, <laughs> li- <laughs> libelous in the extreme. I look forward to telling all of my friends. <laughs> are, are you glad that I didn't tell it on the air? Oh, very much. Yes. <laughs> that, could not have, that could not have gone to where. Um, Patreon exclusive story? No. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> doubly sued if we do it for money. Yes. <laughs> yeah. At least if you put that out on the free to wear, you'll still get sued, but not for as much. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. There's a good uh, Leela joke with the the only kind of crawling I'm doing to you is away from. It's like yes. just correct realizing that the grammar and syntax of what she just said is way off. He allows her to leave. Because he feels you should come crawling back. And then we get what I think is the best line of the episode. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? I've made it with a woman. Inform the men. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's my favorite Zep Radigan line ever. (laughs) I've made it with a woman. Inform the men. It's the pause in between. (laughs) Holy shit, that is great. (laughs) Fry and Bender are then allowed to leave. And Leela is denying that anything happened. Yeah. Because she's kind of... (laughs) Sorry. uh, I'll come... Oh, yeah, no, it's a little bit afterwards. But it's great with Bender as well. Yes. In the future. It's not like you slept with him. Long pause. <gasps> oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> they arrive at Virgon. Is it Virgon? Virgon 6. Virgon 6. Nibbler's home. Is it Nibbler's home planet, though? Uh, that's I didn't a good get- question. Someone posted this in something I read. So, are they responsible for all of the dark matter being what the planet's made of? Or I don't get that. They sh- he shits dark matter, but how is that at the planet's core? Well, it's no longer at the planet's core because it's all been mined. Yeah, but how did it... Like, are we supposed to think that his shit was what's in the planet? What the... Um, or was it just coincidence that they were getting dark matter and he also shits dark matter so they could have just... No, I imagine home planet... And rather than been, pillage the planet, they could have just taken this one alien... It's been lit- years of dark matter being shit out that's absorbed the planet, I suppose. They could have just taken this guy, looked after him, collected his shit and didn't have to pillage... Could have, but... I guess the early pilgrims didn't understand where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. My bigger question is how were any of the animals still surviving anyway? If Nibbler only took, like, he was in a room with them for five seconds and ate them all. Yeah. How were there any animals left on that planet? Let's not ask questions. Mm. I kind of feel sorry for the, the uh, animals that were left hanging on the asteroid at the end there. A little bit. They've got a lonely it's existence. Like- it's like, like the dudes in the Phantom Zone from the first Superman just floating through yeah. space. It's almost like hitting to Jurassic Park, level, Jurassic Park levels. It's like the poor creatures. 
they're, they're stranded on an asteroid. Yeah, it's not. And, it's nowhere near Jurassic Park levels, to be fair. It's not a dog. I've got no. I've got no emotional <laughs> attachment to a made-up animal. Yes, yeah. But they still look so sad. They know they're going to die. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but we'll get to that in a few moments. A spectacular death. <laughs> nice little montage here of them collecting all the animals. Yep. I like that Fry puts the net on Leela. Yeah, the- that's very funny. <laughs> How good's the windy shrimp? Yes. To, to, like the pullback on the camera to sh- or as Fry comes in, you see that it's not a big shrimp whatsoever. All yep. these other things are giants. This is just a tiny shrimp that. Blows a hell of a lot of wind. Yep. Leela then finds Nibbler, and boys being boys, they just think, let's barbecue him. Let's eat him up. Yeah. They're hungry. But she can't do that, can she? She no. puts him with all the animals to, which is a bad idea, but yeah. she didn't know that at the time. No. She's trying to rescue him. Yeah. And by doing so, she killed everything yeah, else. Yeah. She was basically no better than the rest of the people that the, came to the planet. When I was watching this, uh, once they open the door and realize what's happened. There's a, a moment and Ash wandered through the room, heard this and heard the line, ah, oh, it's not his fault. He's a remorseless killing machine. Instantly looked over at my dog, Indy. And the amount of plants, underwear, whatever it might be that she's destroyed. Really? And looked at her with love and went, yeah, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Murphy was a good dog, right? Yeah. And Indiana's just dog. a nightmare uh, when it comes to behavior-wise. Nightmare with that. Behaviour in front of you, fine. She still chews shoes when, and shit, doesn't she? Not when we're there. That's she, actually, she, she hasn't stop. grabbed a for a while, to be fair. But no, it's only ever when we're away. But you can't stop her, though, when you're away. It's I worse. Exactly. I can't yell at her when I've come home because yeah, she's not get it. Yeah. But what if you point at it? If you point at it, she goes, oh, I know. Yeah, like, she ducks her head. Like well, she, I, well if, then she knows. If I find a sock in the backyard or something, well, I'm then like, she what's knows. this? And then, yeah, she, you get that little cower. I don't know if this is true. Or she's just picking up my body language and the fact that I'm going, what's this? And she's like, that's, that, that's not right. Jets, he shit inside once, right? And it was mm. just after we just told him. Enchiladas? <laughs> we had friends over, right? Hey, he was playing, it was the 1990 World yes. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> People who haven't listened to the latest Simpsons episode, no idea what we're talking no. about. But we just had friends over, we were watching the football and stuff, and we're just bragging about how we've just toilet trained Jet. Yeah. Jet walks in, three spins, fucking soft serve shit right in the middle of the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time he's actually shit inside. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> so getting back to the episode, uh, Lily's just put nibbler. Was it uh, dark matter? I wish. This would be worth something then. Would have broken the tiles. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is back at the old, when we were living oh, in the old Corio. Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the core 10. Yes. <laughs> so Lily's put nibbler in with all the other animals. And we get back to Zap and he's watching Lila through a telescope and he just thinks... She's going to come back to me, surely. Yeah, she'll come across. She, could, she couldn't possibly not. I think it's going to be a nice moment, but then he ruins it. Well, I'm going to be spending all my time with Leela. I won't have any time for you. So we, let's, let's spend some quality time together while we've still got it. Mm. But he's just talking about himself the entire time. Yeah. Come back to the Vergon 6 and everyone realizes that Nibbler has eaten all of the animals. You, when she first put him in there and closed the door, I thought, he, you think he's fucked. If you watch this for the first time, you're like, he's, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the little dude going into prison. It's like... um. Something that you would see from Oz, like tiny guy goes in and then just walks up to the big guy and just goes, whack. Yeah. I'm who's boss. Yes. I'm Castor Troy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the guy said, well, Bender's the most angry. Says, we have to kill this thing now. It's, it's, ruined, our, it's ruined our trip. Nibbler. I can't believe we flew halfway across the galaxy and enjoyed a steam just to get lunch for that stupid animal. He's pending for a bending. Leave him alone. It's not his fault that he's an unstoppable killing machine. Is it, Snowgums? Then the planet starts imploding. 
and they've realized that Bender has not refueled because he said he'll do it when they get back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've, they've run out of fuel. What are they going to do? Fry suggests they ask Sap for help, but she can't ask for help because she slept with him. Yeah. And they don't know that yet. And this oh, is my God. And Fry's almost disappointed. But is he disappointed in her because he knows that she wouldn't have wanted to do it? Or disappointed because that's she's his girl? Yeah, uh, because he wants to be with her, yeah. Yeah. See? It's a jealousy disappointment. It's an understandable disappointment. Because if you liked a girl and you found out she slept with oh, a douche... Oh. If you found out she slept with a douchebag, you'd be like... Oh. It's also not your business to no, be... No, it's not. So, but you, it's but an understandable it's, it's internal inst- jealousy. Human instinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't go out and be shit to someone. No, no, you don't judge her, but you'd no. be disappointed. I'm sure it's happened. It's happened to. It's happened to you shortly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've never, I've never turned on anyone or like no. dis- disappointed internally that I want to be with her and she's not with me. Yes. So it's more of a sadness than anything. Else. Comes back to Zap, and that's why you'll never meet Captain Kip. Poor <laughs> 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 yeah. Kip, but he asked for it by being the sidekick. Well, not sidekick. What's he? Not what's his? What's his actual role? Uh, lieutenant. I guess first he, mate. Lieutenant Kip. I think it's lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. Leela then sucks it up and calls Zap for help. Hmm. Hello, Zap. Well, well, well. Zap, we're out of fuel, and Virgon 6 is about to implode. We need your help. So, crawling back to the big Z like a bird on its belly. Delicious. Birds don't crawl. They've been known to. Look, are you going to rescue us or not? Can't you ask a little more sexfully? Please, Big Z. <laughs> Certainly. But first you'll have to get rid of that thing. <laughs> That's the law, Lila. And Brannigan's law is like Brannigan's love. Hard and fast. She says no, which is an admirable decision, but still... Well, it's a little bit stupid. You're killing... She just watched him kill an entire ship full of yeah. animals. And you're putting your I own friends' sleep. lives in danger. Yeah. Yes. I, I, like, A, the planet's about to implode. B... You've got a, ro- a remorseless eating machine. It's Rose stopping ship. Finn from sacrificing himself. Uh, yes, which was the wrong decision to make. Yes. Because she makes the thing about how maybe just saving one person is enough. He was about to save hundreds, Finn, uh, Rose. What the hell are you doing? Yes. <laughs> the entire <laughs> fucking rebel fleet. <laughs> are done. Yeah. Are, are cooked because you wanted to save one dude. Damn the lives of everyone yeah. else. <laughs> Go back to the casino, Rose. Put a bet on those weird horse things. Nibbler then shits some dark matter and they use it as fuel. You mentioned earlier. Yeah. What I did like though, the nice touch of Bender uses a bag to pick it up. He doesn't yeah. want to touch it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> and the um the furnace when he drops it in there had something uh hold your nose or something like that. Or beware no. So it's it's, it's like Oh yeah, it did something. Yeah, yeah. making reference to the fact that I think something face, I think it said, didn't it? It was definitely about this. it was a reference to the smell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they 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 leave. Everything's gonna be happy except for the poor animals that get left behind on part of the asteroid. Some of them survived. So it's just the idea that at least some of them survived for now. That's all I, that's all I need to know in order to be happy. Yeah. So Leila and Zap are then writing in their captain journals. Well, Le- Zap's not writing. He's just saying his captain's log and making Kip do the... Uh, yeah, yeah. The actual yes. um, typing of Yes. Captain's journal. Stardate. Uh... Oh, April 13th. April 13th. Point two. We have failed to uphold Brannigan's law. However, I did make it with a hot alien babe. And in the end, is that not what man has dreamt of since first he looked up at the stars? Kiff, I'm asking you a question. Oh. With Zap, he's so chauvinistic, but you can't help but love him. Yeah. Because you know he's a cartoon character. Yeah, If he was a real person, you would hate the guy. Oh, 100%. But because 
because know, be- he is a parody of all of the guys that you hate, yeah. you love that he exists. And Kip sort of gives off the... Kip gives a response that we would give if he was a real person. Yeah, definitely. He's just completely disgusted at Yeah, him. he's like the portal of the audience, basically, into viewing who Zap really is. But by ending the episode with, uh, with Zap, it just sort of solidifies that he is going to be a recurring character. This isn't a one and done. And we should also mention that um, Phil Hartman was supposed to be the original voice for Zap. Yeah, which is, um, I mean, it's a pretty common piece of trivia now. Yeah, um, do you, but do you think the character would have differed in any way? Um, nope, not really. I think um, Zap is there on the page. I guess he's still just reading lines. Just the voice would have been different, but... The- would it have been Captain Kirk-esque, though, do you think? Yeah. I think it would like would have been a directive, maybe. To, I, to I do really that. feel like Brannigan was largely on the page, and Billy put a voice to what he was directed to do. Um, Is that, Billy doing what he? Because he kind of sounds like sounds like Phil. Do you think he was trying not trying to be he's Phil? He's been but on being an homage to Phil. Yeah, like I, I don't want to retread over this, and it's yeah. not necessarily my story to tell. But yes, um, they both had a documented love of those sorts of big radio announcers, guys. That, yeah, um, Billy. Yeah, to quote Billy, the guys that yeah, carry my balls around in a wheelbarrow. Um, <laughs> that was kind of whether or not they'd had conversations <laughs> about this in the lead up to the show, or whether they've spoken about it, or whether it was Billy just knowing what Phil would have loved to have done. I don't think he, he's certainly not like doing this the way Phil would have done it. But there's a, it's not even necessarily an homage or a tribute, but I feel like there's an element of care and making sure that this gets done right. Yeah. Um, because he would have had Phil, a really, really good friend of his. Like, this is a, a super crucial thing to, to know. Like, Phil and Billy West were, Billy West would not have had his career were it not for Phil Hartman. Mm. Um, that, yeah, like, you can tell that there's an element of passion behind Zap Brannigan. Alrighty, Mitch. Futurama mailbag number two. What have we got? From Logan Barussa. Who is your favourite side character? Someone not part of the Planet Express. I do like the Robot Mafia. Yeah, okay. Um, but I, do, I love Calculon. Calculon's pretty sweet. Um, I will go with... I mean, I have to go with Brannigan, really. Is he a side character? I know he's outside of the he's Planet not Express. not necessarily a main. Besides Zap, then. Because he's in your mind right now because you're thinking of this episode. Besides Zap. Yeah, he's also in my mind whenever. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Besides Zap, what about the janitor, Scruffy, lazy dude from the moon, Sal? But you are lazy, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll do. That's pretty close to uh, that. That hits home for me at the very least. Robot Santa's also pretty cool. Geroid Harrahill, who Geroid. actually taught me how to pronounce his name the other day, and um, Geroid, and uh, I've deliberately forgotten. Geroid. That's no, not those. It's Jared, isn't it? No, it's not Jared. Garode. 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 Something like that. Oh, anyway, God. what he says was, as part of Futurama's audience who largely tuned in due to the connection to The Simpsons, yes. did you encounter any issues with regards to the show's more adult humour? My parents, who had zero issues with The Simpsons, banned me from watching it when I was nine. Terrible luck uh, that it would be that the first episode they sat down and watched was the new one that Sunday, which was Amazonian Women in the Mood. Oh, yeah, not a good Death one. by Snoo Snoo. Didn't see the show again until he got the DVD a few years later and could watch in my room. As has been super well documented, my had parents that did not really impose any rules whatsoever. About the only thing that my dad ever stopped me from watching on video was the Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee sex video. You weren't allowed to watch that? No. I was all over it. Oh, you were in it. <laughs> 
in and around it. No, I never, I never had issues. My, by the time I got into Futurama, it was when the DVDs were out. So I, I think I watched maybe three or four episodes when it was on TV. Then I somehow, I guess I just lost interest. I don't really remember watching it on TV. My memories of the show aren't watching it on TV. It's buying the DVD sets. Yeah. Okay. And by that point, I was like 14, 15. Yeah. Mum wasn't watching what I was watching. Gotcha. Uh, second question from the mailbag this week. Mm-hmm. And let's go. Final question. Is that the third question? <laughs> Tom Hall. <laughs> Is it the third question? Yes. Favourite side character. There we go. <laughs> well, we're done. No, uh, Tom Hawk, uh, if you lived in the year 3000 and we all got career chips, what career do you think you would be doing? Sitcom writer. Is that what you want to be doing, though? I'd love to work on a sitcom. Yeah, okay. So, what would you be doing, though? Because you don't get a career chip based on desire. You get a career mm. chip based on what you do and don't do very well. So, let's flesh this out for me. I am hyper-intelligent, but not... Hyper intelligent, come on, but not quite um, motivated enough to really push that intelligence. So they're gonna they're gonna need a guy who can comprehend and understand things, but not push for higher honors and kind of be an honest, reliable, come in and do my stuff day in day out. So I reckon there's also a little bit of creativity in me. I reckon I'd be a guy who would be in charge of, like, say, in the Kellogg's factory, calibrating the exact temperature to get the maximum amount of puff from a cornflake. That is not a job. It is a job. <laughs> I've read books what about it. What is the job title? <laughs> uh, food science technician. That 100% is a job. It's in, um, it's in the movie The Founder, where the, the, the original guys who invented McDonald's um, at talking about the chips is yeah. like, no, I reckon we need the oil at like five degrees hotter for 30 seconds less to get more crunch. Yep. Okay. Yep. That'd be me. That would be you. But that's what, that's something you would want to do though. You would enjoy that job. I probably would, but it's also something that I think suits my personality. You can't just say sitcom writer. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You've got to give me some reasoning. What would I be then? Factory worker. <laughs> <laughs> Working at Ford. But what are your skills? Come on, throw it out there. What are my skills? I'm very uh, very particular. I'm a perfectionist when it comes to things like the podcast. I'll sit there and cut out every one of your ums and ahs and my ums and ahs. And if there's th- I'm pretty sure I heard an um recently uh, when I had to edit out. So, sometimes, sometimes I leave them in because it makes it sound more natural. Okay. Say <laughs> so <he's> the perfectionist. <laughs> so if you cut out every um, people will go, oh, well, obviously it cuts out all the ums. Fair enough. But there might be a point where we take two, three seconds to think of something and I'll go... It needs to be 1.5. So I'm, I'm a perfectionist when it comes to things like that. I um, My attention to detail is something I think I'm good at. Also lazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I know someone else can do the job for me, I'll be like, all right, well, I don't have to worry can about that. Can someone else do it? Yes. <laughs> garbage man. Well, garbage man needs attention to detail to make sure he's... No, nah, because it's the garbage... Can't someone else do it is because you're getting the garbage man to do it, isn't it? In The Simpsons. That doesn't matter. I don't really care. I could be, I, a, I I be, I'd be, a, good, I'd be a good garbage man because yep. I, I like to be on my feet. Yep, you're around. You're making sure that you're not picking up the recycling instead of the garbage. And I'm on time. Yes. There we go. Garbage man. <laughs> Good. We're at the bottom of that. All right. And that wraps up the mailbag for this episode of uh, Tales from the Futurama. Is that what we're calling Tales this? of Futurama. Tales of Futurama. Next week, we're going to be reviewing, or in two weeks, we're going to be reviewing Fear of a Bot Planet. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Okay. Surprise. Would you want to give you the, the brief synopsis? Um. Brief synopsis, by all means. Okay. Just do it like a Friends episode. Oh, the the one go. where... There we go. 
This is the one where apparently the Planet Express crew is sent to Chapek 9, a planet filled with human-hating robots. Bender immediately likes the place, being tired of his friend's opinion of him that he's nothing more than an item. Okay. So we might get a little bit of... Robot what, rebellion. What does it take to be... Well, what does it mean to be real? So it's like Bicentennial Man. A little bit, yeah. Oh, oh Bender will cry at the end. <laughs> I like Bicentennial Man. I never saw it. It was... It's Robin Williams flick. You have to see it, man. Yeah, I haven't seen every Robin Williams movie ever. Really? I, I don't intend on watching Popeye. It doesn't exist. It's like the worst movie of all it's time, isn't it? It's a thing that happens. Yes, it <laughs> Alrighty, thanks for listening, guys. I've got to do the final words, don't I? Yes, you do. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you to everyone supporting us on Patreon. It is yeah. much appreciated. And it, uh, like I said, we ha- it helps pay the pay the bills around this place, helps get the podcast going Does. and reward uh well, you know, bit of reward for the hard work that goes into the show. Not by me. I tune up. I tune up. I rock up. Um, often drunk. I've slowly sobered up throughout. I gave, this gave you water tonight. Yeah, I noticed a really big jug of water. You like it? So, um, well, enough to get through two podcasts. We did two tonight. Was, yeah, it was good. But uh, please continue to let us know what you think of the show. Anything you think we can do to improve it? Because this podcast is purely for you guys, the patrons. And uh, what we've, we've done four episodes. So there are five to go, I think, in season one. It depends on what country you're from. <laughs> so, in Australia, we have 13. Okay. Well, according to the, uh, the IMDb, I think there's nine. In Australia, there's 13. It's season one box set has 13, I'm pretty sure. This is, as I said, some of the DVDs are out of whack. Yes. <laughs> we'll be going by whatever the movie database says. Will we? Yeah, because that's what... Like, the world goes by? <laughs> you've uploaded... <laughs> these things have been uploaded into Plex, and that's what it's based on. Yes. So, anyway, the point is... There's a number of episodes left. If you've got ideas for shows that you would like us to take a look at after this, we had a suggestion for South Park. And what I was thinking... Dilbert would be be good. Dilbert could be cool. What I was thinking would be fun for South Park would be not even necessarily starting at season one, but just pick like season five, season six, just take one of our favorite things and dive into that. Yep. Sounds good to me. Maybe you're a big fan of Family Ties and you want to hear about Alex P. Keaton. What about Different Strokes? No. Different Strokes rule the world. You don't like that show? No. <laughs> no, that's that's one of the many forgettable sitcoms. What about that Welcome Back, Cotter? N- no, I'm not doing sitcoms based purely on a theme song. <laughs> it's, funny. it's a funny show. Have you ever watched Welcome Back, Cotter? Yeah, yeah, I have. It's <laughs> um, funny. Um, maybe other good things that are mash. Out there? Cheers, taxi. Oh, if we do mash, I'll be talking about it when I'm eighty. There's like six thousand episodes. Two hundred. 30 something? That's, that's 239, I think. That's friends. Lots. Yes, a lot. Yes. I Let's wrap this up, though. I'd be happy to do Mash Goodbye, Farewell, and Amen. Yes, for sure. Anyway, um, because that's all stuff for the future, but uh, send it through to us at mailbag of fourfingerdiscount.com or into the. .au. Don't forget the .au because then you will not be able to send it. I always forget the .au, but I never email myself, so that's fine. Send us through a message on Facebook in the Patreon exclusive group or message on Patreon, the app itself. Dando. That wraps us up. Any final words? Mitch, these are my final words. Inform the men.